Hello, and welcome to the Filene Fill-In, the podcast where we fill you in on what's been going on here at Filene and out and about in the financial services world. I'm Holly Fearing, and joining me in conversation today, I'm excited to have Adam Lee, our incubator director. Um, hello, Adam. Welcome to the podcast. You're, you're pretty new to Filene, so it's really cool that you're, uh, you've agreed to be on our podcast today. Uh, I'm really excited to be talking with you, and, and uh, I wanted to remind our listeners that, uh, once again, uh, we are available on iTunes now, so g- get over there to your iTunes library and subscribe to our podcast series so you can catch all of our future episodes. Okay, so Adam. Uh, Hi, Holly. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us again, and uh, so before we get going here, I know you're, you're new to Filene. How long have you been uh, with the Filene team? Yeah, so I've been with Filene now for a little over two and a half, about three months now. So okay. it feels like a lot longer. We're doing a lot of really amazing things. So time is definitely flying by. Yeah, it seems like you've done a lot in that time. So congrats to that. Uh, so you are kind of in charge of our incubator right now. You're the incubator director. What the heck is a Filene incubator anyways? Is that something that we're doing with chickens or what, <laughs> what do we got going well, on Yeah, it's the incubator is very exciting. A little poor humor there. I have some young children at home, so I think my my sense of humor has gotten a lower common denominator. Unfortunately, it does not have anything to do with incubating eggs because I do love omelets, though. Fundamentally, though, um, Filene's Incubator is where Filene tests ideas, products, and programs to meet unmet consumer needs. Um, Once we test those ideas in the real world, we then share the results of our testing with Filene's members in the broader marketplace. The whole goal of what we're trying to do is to bring the best ideas to the marketplace where they can make a real difference and positive impact in the lives of consumers and communities. In my space in particular, the Financial Empowerment Incubator, we are working on a program called the Reaching Minority Households Incubator. This incubator stems from Filene's research where we discovered there is a deep financial service access gap concentrated within minority households. Um, In the process, we identified five of the most promising programs that we believe can help close the financial service access gap, and we're working with um, credit unions and other financial institutions to test these programs in their daily operations, and really what we're trying to find out is the desirability and the scale of these programs to a broader marketplace. Wow, that's that's a lot. I mean, that's that's a big kind of bite to, to, to take all at once. But that's some really, really amazing work that I think is going to come out of that and uh, really important work for sure. So I know naturally you've been keeping an eye on the conversation around um, the proposed payday loan rules and um, the things that are coming out of the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau now. Um, so what is it, what are you hearing and kind of, you know, from your expert vision on this all, what, what's going on with that? Yeah, you know, right now I believe that most stakeholders are really trying to assess and analyze the impact of the proposed rules. I mean, it's a lot to digest. It's over 1,300 pages, and, you know, I myself have only gotten through some of the overviews and it's executive summaries. Reading. Well, it, it's a lot of deep regulatory um, language, so yes, it, it does take some time to get through. Um, But, you know, while stakeholders are continuing to analyze the rules, I really think that two distinct opinions have formed in the conversation. Um, Some stakeholders, including many credit unions, believe that they're already serving underserved and underbanked populations through products aimed at meeting short-term credit needs, um, which in particular the CFPB um, proposed rules are trying to address those Mm short-term payday payoff, or excuse me, payday products, um, auto title loans, those kinds of things. 
Um, and I think some of these stakeholders believe that the proposed rules will require an undue administrative burden increasing the cost of providing these short-term credit products. And in many cases, stakeholders say it will simply put them out of business of the short-term credit business altogether. For credit unions that provide these products, they'll simply have to stop offering these products. On the other hand, there are many stakeholders, including many consumer protection groups, that believe that while the rules have good intent, they simply don't go far enough and there are numerous loopholes in the rules which leaves openings for continued predatory lending. The one common denominator, though, that I keep hearing in all sides of the debate in the forums that I'm monitoring is that there really is a tremendous need for short-term credit products. There's no question about that at all. And simply, the most financially vulnerable populations need access to that credit to help make ends meet, while preventing them at the same time from going deeper into debt. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you might have already answered this question, but um, from your perspective and the, in light of the work that you're doing, what is something that you're kind of keeping an eye out for in the conversation now? And, and related to that, kind of what is the credit union impact of all of that? Yeah, I mean, so the first part of what you asked, um, you know, as I listen to the debate, I really hope that the tone will shift to less of an us versus them debate um, to more of a collaborative tone. You know, as I mentioned that all, on all sides of the debate, from the credit unions to the big banks that are in the conversation, credit consumer protection groups and the CFPB, they all agree, as I mentioned, that there really is a great consumer need for short-term credit and short-term credit products that should not put consumers in an endless debt cycle, but rather help them get out of debt. And I really truly believe that there is good intent from coming from most of these stakeholders that have the consumer as their focus. And really now is the right time to have that collaboration um, during the CFPB public comment period. That's what's going on right now. After these proposed rules for the next several months, um, people have the opportunity to weigh in and, and send their opinions and guidelines and recommendations to the CFPB. And I'm hoping that all stakeholders will really start listening to each other and finding common ground to do what's best for consumers. Mm -hmm. um, there, at the end of the day, there really are a lot of complex realities that everyone must realize on both sides of the debate. You know, so for one example, if, if short-term credit products simply become too costly to provide for banks or credit unions or other financial institutions, that leaves an unmet need for the consumer. Right. And at the same time, if the products are too costly for consumers to handle themselves, it simply keeps them in an endless debt cycle. So then these products only exacerbate the problem. So mm -hmm. you know, at the end of the day, I really believe there is common ground to do what's right for the most financially vulnerable populations. And I really hope that that becomes the overarching tagline um, that emerges in the debate over the next couple of months. Right, right. So the issues are complex for sure, but um, you're hoping that there's kind of one common focus that all these stakeholders take. And, and that's uh, leading into my next question. There's a really great blog post that you put out this week on uh, Filene.org that uh, looks at kind of while this conversation is going on, uh, there's there's you know, the struggles of everyday people uh, continue to go on whether or not um, this debate is happening, right? So, um, and that's kind of exactly what you just said is, is talking about how um, the focus should really be kind of always on what can credit unions do to be helping these um, people that are just basically in need of some better financial support and, and services. Um, what would you kind of, if you summed up the, the key takeaways, is there anything else that you would add to that message? You know, I think you summed it up um, pretty well and you started alluding to what I think that key takeaway is. And, and really it's that credit unions and other financial institutions should not become paralyzed in this period 
um, with the proposed CFPB rules that are now out. Um, simply, we can only speculate at this time of what those final rules and regulations um, and those proposed rules may be. They may change dramatically or they may be scrapped altogether. We mm -hmm. simply don't know. Mm -hmm. um, and furthermore, with that key takeaway is take action now. Um, financial institutions need to know that there are solutions out there in the marketplace, that are credit unions and financial institutions that are, already have in place to meet that tremendous consumer need of short-term credit that operate within existing rules and are flexible enough to meet the changing regulatory conditions that we face right now. If credit unions and financial institutions need a place to start, well, obviously Filene has a lot of great opportunities for institutions to try right now as part of our Reaching Minority Households Incubator where they can test some of these real promising and innovative products. Right. Um, and again, I, I think it's a call for action. Is let's not wait to make a positive impact in the lives of consumers that really need our help the most. Mm -hmm. So let's get specific here for a second. What exactly can our credit unions be doing right now to serve those those that are the most financially fragile in our communities? Uh, and, and you know, so what what can they be doing? And then what would the result of those actions be if they could if they could actually serve people's needs with these with with fairer products yeah you know I think that, as I mentioned what credit unions can do now is to take action to try out to launch particular programs that they may not already have in place um, and the Filene reaching minority households incubator is a great way to start um, one of the programs in that incubator that I'm most excited about that I'd like to mention in particular is the Community Microfinance Small Business Lending Opportunity. What it does is it combines a small loan with education and marketing services that really enables a prospective small business owner to be successful. I mean, if you think about it, you know, what, what excites me the most about it is that it's not just giving someone money, but it's enabling them to use that money in the smartest way possible through business education courses that could focus on business planning, marketing, budgeting, all these tools that an, a small business owner needs to be successful. Um, so what it does is it addresses those holistic needs of a small business owner. Mm -hmm. What's even more exciting is the potential community development impact of this program. The product originator, Alternative Savings Credit Union, in their study reported that over 60% of loan recipients hired another individual in their community. So if you think about it from an economic development for all those listeners that are economic development or community development wonks, that's a tremendous opportunity to really multiply that impact by putting more dollars out in the community for making these small businesses successful. Yeah. Yes. So cool. Yeah, some of the other things, I mean, that you're talking about, what's the credit union impact? I mean, there's certainly, there's certainly an opportunity for credit unions to multiply that impact out in their communities, and they can make a huge difference. I mean, if you think about it, by putting fairly priced products in the hands of consumers, it helps reduce those tough choices that vulnerable populations have to make between food and medication, education, and other living essentials um, that they need on a daily basis. Another thing that I found and learned from you know, some of my time in the, in the social service and community service sectors is <clears throat> excuse me, the tremendous financial stress that families are under right now. And by putting those products in the hands of consumers that help get them out of debt and help reduce that financial stress, they can drastically reduce negative health outcomes and consequences that come with being under duress all the time from managing your finances in difficult financial situations. Mm -hmm. There's no mistake that credit unions are absolutely critical and an essential piece of the puzzle of trying to solve poverty and bring people out of poverty. Right. 
Absolutely. And, and I think, you know, that we would be remiss if we if we didn't kind of mention a little bit about the current events that have, have unfolded over the last couple of weeks, especially related to uh, the racial tensions that we're seeing happen in this country. Uh, it's, it's absolutely a complex issue that we're seeing, especially uh, for those of us involved in the in the financial world and, and kind of our role in the economic inequality that we're seeing uh, related to racial inequality. And um, so I wanted to kind of point out, uh, it's, it's, it's difficult to have these conversations sometimes, but um, it helps when uh, we can read some articles that other people have written and, and kind of talk through it. There was an LA Times columnist that wrote an article today kind of highlighting um, a specific kind of niche of this issue, um, being that uh, the economic inequality um, that we that we are seeing as a tie to both causing and resulting from racial problems. Um, the author wrote that um, the events of last week placed the spotlight once again on racial disparities in American society, but one aspect that again received less attention than it, than it deserved is economic disparity. That's important because it's pervasive in the U.S. and arguably lies at the core of our racial conflicts. So I just wanted to kind of get your thoughts on, like, how does this all inter interact with what's going on in our, in our society and our economy right now? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think the article and other ones that I've read um, highlights that key economic fact that a lot of the tensions in our country, whether it be racial tensions um, or beyond that, really do stem from that economic, that socioeconomic inequality that is growing rapidly in, in our country. Um, and those vulnerable, financially vulnerable populations that come in all, all races, um, white, black, Hispanic, it doesn't matter, financial problems span all races and backgrounds, um, is placing a tremendous amount of stress. And that stress is emerging in a lot of the things that I think we're seeing um, emerge in cities throughout our country, a lot of that conflict. Um, it's certainly at the forefront of the national debate right now with the national election, the presidential election. Both sides, Republicans and Democrats, are um, addressing that economic inequality in different ways, but I think it's certainly going to become at the forefront of the election cycle, and it certainly needs to be at the forefront of policymakers and an issue that is um, quickly growing worse and people need to address very quickly. And I think credit unions, like we talked about, here with uh, with some of the incubators that we talked about and um, other programs that credit unions and other financial institutions have an opportunity now to make an impact in this ongoing debate. Mm -hmm. By providing fairly priced products to consumers, they have an opportunity to help alleviate some of that tension and help build financial health in our communities and our households. Okay, great. So last question. Thank you again for your time today. Uh, I wanted to kind of bring it up a, a notch and say, um, you're working on some really exciting things here. What are you most excited about working on right now? Yeah, I think the thing that I've mentioned uh, throughout this, this podcast here is that reaching minority households in Cuba, that's the thing that I'm really excited about right now. Um, there is tremendous promise in these opportunities and these programs that we're testing with credit unions, and we really need credit union support. And that's a key message that I want to get out there is that we're still actively looking for credit union testers to join this really exciting program um, to try it out and help us understand what that potential impact on credit unions are, but also what is the impact on the communities that they serve. That's an essential part of the research, and I'm really excited about the promise that a lot of these products have. So if there's anyone out there that wants to know more about this, please take a look at the filene.org filene website. There's plenty of information about the Reaching Minority Households program. Or feel free to contact me, Adam Lee, Adam L, 
at Filene.org, and I'd be happy to get some more information about how you can join us in this really exciting program to make a difference in the lives of financially vulnerable populations. Awesome. Yes, definitely reach out to Adam if you guys want any more information on this. He's your guy. So, Adam, thank you so much for joining us today. And hey, everyone else, thank you for, for listening to the Filene Fill-In podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and uh, watch out for our next episode. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you, Adam. Thank you. Thank you.